This episode is sponsored by Anchor, the official host of Wellness and Wanderlust. Anchor is the easiest way to create your dream podcast. With Anchor, you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other popular podcast apps. You can even make money from your podcast using Anchor. Anchor is your one-stop shop with everything you need to make a podcast. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. We're here to demystify wellness and help you add a little adventure to your life. Tune in for a new episode every week where we'll hear from incredible guests and talk about ways to be happier and healthier in our new normal. I'm your host, Valerie Moses. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Wellness and Wanderlust, a podcast that is all about helping you take incremental steps to creating healthier habits so that you can live your best life. We all struggle and fall off the wagon sometimes when it comes to our health goals, myself included. I actually just did an Instagram post about this, but I am here to say that I see you and I believe in you and we're all on this journey of life together. I want to thank you all for joining me here today, and I cannot wait to share what we have in store for you this week. Now, before we get started, I'd like to share a listener review that came in on Apple Podcasts. Romina Rowe says, Valerie is amazing and this podcast rocks. Love how every episode focuses on how we can improve ourselves and live a healthier and more satisfying life. I give it a five star since 10 is not an option. Romina, thank you so much for such a kind review. Reviews like this help other people to find the show, and it's one of the best ways that listeners can lend their support to the podcast. Plus, it really does make my day to know that these conversations are resonating with you all. So, Romina, thank you for sharing your thoughts on the podcast, and I hope to hear from more of you soon. Today's episode covers a topic we haven't really discussed on the podcast, and that is healthy money habits. As some of you might know, in my full-time job, I work for a credit union, so I have avoided financial topics in the past to avoid any conflicts of interest or competing products and services, but personal finance is such an important topic that does play into our overall wellness, so I've brought on my friend Jonathan from the Johnny Talks podcast. Jonathan is a personal finance blogger and podcaster living in Luxembourg and someone that I have connected with through the FinCon community. I have been on his podcast a couple of times in the past. I'll link those episodes in the show notes. And I love the variety of unique guests he brings on his show. He really covers such a variety of perspectives when it comes to money management. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in this episode. In this conversation, Jonathan shares his tips for financial success and some of those you might not be expecting. We also discuss the power of negotiation, money myths to stop telling ourselves, how to make investing a little less scary, that is a huge one for so many of us, and some personal finance books that we should all be reading right now. As a bonus, he also tells us a little bit about Luxembourg and what we should do there once we start planning our vacations again. I'm going to let Jonathan fill you in more, so without further ado, let's dive into the episode. Hi, Jonathan. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Yeah, hi, Valerie. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. Now, for our listeners who don't know you, why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So um, my name is Jonathan. So I'm Belgian and I currently live in Luxembourg, tiny country, central of Europe. And I'm um, working as a procurement professional. And in my spare time, I also host a podcast. And the, the, the theme is personal finances. So I, I've been running this for almost two years And I also have a blog, which is kind of linked to it, but mostly lately it's been only podcasts. 
Well, I know how that goes. I've been blogging for a long time as well. And um, the focus has mainly been the podcast in the last year mm-hmm. or you know, however long. So I, I completely understand how you can get the bug for that. Now, we both connected through FinCon, which is personal finance for those who are not as familiar. And I'd love to know as a procurement professional, what sparked your interest in personal finance and sharing that knowledge with others? Yeah, sure. So the thing is, actually, my degree is in finance. And um, it, it's always been kind of on my mind, you know, money, how to, how to make the best of it, how to, you know, use your money right. Uh, when I started my career and even as a child, um, you know, I, w- I wanted to have a good, secure job and I want to even buy fancy cars and whatever. Have a good life. That's, <clears throat> that was my, um, my goal, my wish. And then, of course, then the, with the career, it was how do I use it for the best? And then really to start writing on the blog and then the podcast, this came when I was an expat myself. So when I was an expat, my company, my previous company sent me to Paris for an expat. And um, this is where I earned significantly more than usual because I had bonuses. I had this and that. My uh, rent was paid. So I had excess money, which... I didn't want to spend uh, yeah, in a stupid way. I didn't want to drink uh, champagne every day on the Champs-Élysées or uh, <laughs> you know, uh, sp- spend on fancy clothes. I mean, I did a bit of that, but I wanted to make the best of use of it. And this is what brought me to the personal finance space. And it all started there. So I started to read, to listen, to watch uh, YouTube videos on money. And then I started to kind of make it my own. And I, I started my own blog uh, back then. So it started from a situation of abundance to go into the personal finance. I think that's incredible. And I am definitely going to have to ask you some questions about your travels as well, being a wellness and travel podcast. I'd love to know during that time as an expat and during your time as a blogger and podcaster, what has become your vision when it comes to financial success? Yes, and a good question because financial success, you know, as a kid, as I mentioned, you know, I was uh, dreaming of uh, driving a Porsche and, uh, okay, fancy cars, have a big house. And now, you know, after all these years and after reading about personal finance and really being in the space for about five years now, to me, financial success that can lead to a better wellness, it, it's not about making uh, tons of money. It's more about, yeah, having your finances under control, having a plan and knowing what you do, but feeling secure in it, you know, so you can achieve this financial success, even if you make $50,000 a year. So you don't have to make tons of money, even six figures to be financially successful. You can be financially successful with 50K, as I said, even 70K or even 40K. But it's all about, you know, knowing that you have your money working for you. You have a plan. You don't spend more than you earn. I mean, you can have a plan and you stick to it and you know things will go fine or at least you're preparing for it. And this is, to me, financial success. I love that answer. And you know, mentioning having a plan, I think that's so important. Working in a credit union, we're always telling st- students, especially about starting a budget and why that can be so important. And we did have a listener write in asking, where does all of my money go? So can you talk to us a little bit about how you can create that plan and what are some tips you have for doing that? And making a plan that works for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, I saw that question on Instagram. So, <laughs> so it's a funny one. So it, it looks funny, but actually 
maybe, I don't know if he said or she said that for fun, but anyway, so if, if you don't know where your money goes, I would start with uh, just tracking what I have spent in the last uh, two, three months to have an idea to really, I mean, you can use now everything is digital. So you can look at your credit card statement, your bank statement to have an idea. Maybe you paid cash. I don't know if that's uh, still, if you do that a lot still, but try to have an overview of what you have spent. And of course, note down your um, recurring uh, spendings, for example, your rental income or your mortgage, student loans, if you have that still as well. So just keep um, keep uh, two, two columns in Excel or in a, whatever in an app, but have an overview. It's important for you to know what you have and uh, what you're spending on, where your money goes. So it's um, while it started with a fun, I mean, some, somehow it's serious because if you really don't know, then you have a problem and keep track as well of um, the small expenses. You know, maybe you will see that, oh, yes, but I bought that uh, chocolate bar at the gas station or, um, oh, yeah, I'm subscribed to this online service. I don't know, maybe to this uh, second or third streaming services. I'm making very obvious examples, but you see where I'm going. It's sometimes the money goes there or uh, some convenience, uh, you know, delivery at home, this kind of stuff. So usually it's there where a lot of money goes away, not saying that you cannot, but it's just usually what, what happens. Now, so this is a first step. So tracking your expenses, identifying where that money goes. And then maybe there were some occasional purchases. Huh? You never know, huh? maybe a birthday party or uh, some vacation that you're planning. So you had to buy the ticket. So this can happen too. So it can be seasonal. And now, where do you where do you go from there? I think it's important to uh, you know the word budget uh, maybe has an uh, evil and uh, restrictive tone mm -hmm. to it, but it's important to have some kind of plan. So, Ramit Sethi, one of my financial heroes, calls it a conscious spending plan. So let's call it that way. It's, it sounds more like you're looking at the future. So let's use that. It, it, to me, it's the same in my head, but let's use the wording of uh, Ramit. So. Then you can start with listing what are your recurring uh, spending patterns or uh, bills. So what you should spend on. So for example, the rent, the mortgage, groceries, electricity, telephone, all the stuff. So then you will see what you, you have to pay and what you need to still, uh, what is your room for flexibility. And there you can see based on your study where you can maybe reduce or change or um make better choices. So I think it, it all already starts there. So it's quite a lot of work already if you've never done it before, but it's essential. I think those are such great tips. I think about, you know, that question when it came in, I sort of laughed and then I remembered <laughs> how many times I've looked at my own statements and saw, you know, how did I spend this much money? And you're right that those those small expenses, you know, working in a credit union, we see that so many people are spending thousands of dollars on fast food that they don't realize because it seems like such a small expense at the time. But if you're doing it every single day or, you know, not really being conscious of it, it adds up. And the same thing goes with the recurring expenses. I remember back in November, I decided to really take a look at those because I was finding that so many of those expenses they may seem cheap. Yeah, it's five five dollars a month, ten dollars a month, or uh, yeah. 
Yeah. And a lot of times they hook you with maybe an introductory rate. And so my Sirius XM radio that I'm not even using because I'm not driving to work anymore. That's something that I was spending a lot of money on that added up. It didn't seem like a lot, but over the course of a year, if you multiply by 12, that that could be something that I'd really want, or it could be savings or it could be an investment. Yeah, exactly. So I think budgeting is a really good start. What are some other tips you have for listeners to improve their financial wellness? Okay, so these are maybe basic. So if you listen to personal finance uh, guys or you read uh, you read blogs, okay, this will not be unfamiliar. What I feel is uh, also important, and I don't see it a lot, it's learning to negotiate and learning to enjoy uh, what you spend your money on. So these are two things uh, maybe that I want to, to share because I don't hear them a lot. So mm-hmm. learning to negotiate, uh, it, it's really good because um, you can look as much as you want sometimes, you know, on websites for comparing prices. But sometimes, you know, the skill to learn to negotiate, to ask for a discount, to really um, negotiate your salary. These are really big wins, really things that will save you a lot of time and that sometimes, uh, you know, it's sometimes it's the matter of a phone call to change a electricity bill provider. Sometimes, and I, I've done it myself, you, you're in a shop and you want to buy a new jacket and then you, you just ask gently, oh, is it on sale or are there any sales coming up? And sometimes they will tell you, not always, but well, mm-hmm. there's no sale on it, but if you buy it today, maybe you get 10% off. So that's still 10% off of something you want to buy or you need anyway. And, and you know, some, sometimes it's very simple. Sometimes you will get no's. Huh? You get more no's than yeses. But it's to build that, um, you know, to build that skill, to, to hit the walls, uh, but grow out of your comfort zone and, and ask for discounts and ask for, hey, I'm buying this suit or I'm buying three shirts in the store. Yeah, is there something else that you can give me? A, a free belt? I don't know. A free pair of socks? You don't care. But it, it just to build that skill as well. And then you will get some free stuff uh, if you ask for it. You know, it's a, that's a, a simple example, but it's to keep this mindset. I think that's uh, really helpful. And yeah, it has helped me a lot to save quite some money. I don't do it all the time, but it, it's something to cultivate. And then the spending, enjoying what you spend your money on, it's something I struggle with myself. So it's to, you know, when you buy something, you, you go to the restaurant, you travel, you just buy something you want. You know, you buy that speaker, you buy, you buy that uh, pair of shoes and you just want it. That's fine. But then uh, buy a good one and, and make sure you will not regret it. So make sure you can afford it. And if you cannot afford it, well, wait for it. Huh? So save money for it. So you might need to delay your uh, expenditure. But the goal is to try to find a balance with buying what you want and and not having the buyer's remorse. You know, it's some buy something good, buy something you will enjoy. Uh, that you, if it's an experience, buy something or use your money on an experience that you will always remember or at least that you will really enjoy. And if it's stuff, because you you can buy stuff, there's no nothing wrong with stuff. I love my uh, Sonos speaker, for example. It, it it's not the cheapest, but I like it a lot. And I've had it for five years. It's uh, never, never had a problem with it, but I, I was happy to spend money on that. So it's about, yeah, trying to find stuff, a system for you that works, that you can enjoy your, your uh, purchases. So for me, how I do that, it's I just simply have a fund, a fun fund, and whatever money is in there, it's for spending. So I don't need to spend it all. 
But the money that is there, if it's $500, $1,000, $2,000, it can be spent on whatever I want. I think that's such a great tip because I think so often we think about, we we don't think about separating our money past, you know, savings and checking. And it can be really easy for people to maybe want to dip into the emergency savings to get to some of those things that they want or dipping into some of the money that maybe needs to go toward other things. But I think enjoying our money, I mean, that's what we're ultimately, I mean, we maybe enjoy our careers, but that's what we're working toward at the same time is to enjoy our lives. And a lot of times that does cost some money. So I think that's such an important thing that a lot of personal finance people are not talking about that I think we really should. And going back to negotiation, I still remember back in graduate school, I'm someone who is very, I guess, hesitant when it comes to negotiating. And I'm, I'm guessing for, um, not to stereotype, but I think a lot of the women that listen to the podcast, I think that's something that a lot of times we struggle with. But for a graduate class, I had an assignment to negotiate something. Um, you, you could negotiate anything. It just couldn't be, you know, maybe in a flea market or something like that. You had to maybe call a company or do something along those lines and just, you didn't have to win the negotiation, but you just had to put yourself out there and try And I ended up negotiating down my cable and internet bill. And I was actually able to get a refund toward, you know, I got a gift card because I was overpaying according Mm -hmm. to the company and they wanted to keep my business. And I think the answer is always no, if you don't ask, but I'd love to know any other tips you have for kind of building that confidence when it comes to either negotiating a price on something or negotiating a salary. Yes, it's very basic, but it's really to to try, but to do it in incrementally in small steps. Uh, so you, you start small, for example, you know, I, I took the example of, um, that's how I started. Huh? I mean, for example, this jacket, it's a real life example. And I was working in sales at the moment. So I know that I had customers. So I, I listened to my customers asking for uh, discounts back then. So I was not as aggressive, but I just said, look, uh, I really like this jacket. Are there any sales soon? I mean, I, I was trying something, you know, without thinking it will work. So I just tried it and the guy said, oh, wait, I'll um, talk to my boss. And then uh, he came back, he said, if you buy today, I'll give you 10%. So that was one. So I went to try other jackets in the city and then actually, okay, this is the one I liked actually the best, not because of the discount, but for comfort and looks and whatever. But so he gave me that discount because he kept his promise. So that's good. But I tried in a non-aggressive way, say, are there sales coming up? You know, it's, it's not like, hey, I want this jacket. Uh, can you give me 10%? So it's less aggressive. I mean, that's still okay, I think. But that you will not do it the first time. Maybe you can ask, oh, any sales coming up or any offers? You know, you can ask it in a gentle way and you see what's going on. Another one is, um, for example, I bought this. Um, actually, I was just simply being honest in a store and... You know, I've always seen that in the papers, like, yeah, if you see the price of the items at another store, we will refund you the difference. So one time, um, actually, it was when I was uh, in Paris. So I wanted to buy a DVD player uh, for my computer, like a Blu-ray. And so I saw one at uh, 100 euros. And uh, I don't think it was that expensive, but let's say it was 100 euros, let's say $120. And uh, in another store, it was $80. 80 euros. So I was thinking, okay, I was in the other store, the more expensive one. And I said to the guy, I said, I was actually lazy. So I said, look, uh, actually, I can go back to the other store, but it's uh, 20 minutes walking in the big shopping mall. I'm a bit lazy. 
I will ask, I will, I want this uh, Blu-ray D, uh, player, but I will just ask the salesman if he, if he agrees, maybe I can make a deal right on the spot. So I just asked him, I said, look, uh, I found the same um, Blu-ray player at the other store. And he said, oh, wait. And so he verified on his computer. He said, oh yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. So I will give it to you for 20 euros less. So he, he just made it on the spot. You know, it was not aggressive. I got uh, a better deal. I, I didn't waste my time to go to the other store just to get a 20 uh, euro discount. So let's say $30. So I saved time and I saved money uh, just by asking. So, you know, you can start in non-aggressive ways. For work, uh, it's, uh, it's a bit more tricky because uh, there you talk about more money, but it can be so impactful. So what I have done in the past is uh, when I got my uh, uh, new job is, uh, yeah, really prepared well. I read a lot of books. I read a lot of tips on internet, on career, and I really tried everything. But I had the confidence built up from before for trying in stores. And it's part of my job as well to negotiate. So it's, it's, it's easier, I would say, because I have uh, this in my career. But sometimes it's just, it's just about asking and trying. And um, so here, what I did for my last job is I really uh, gave a high range. I made my study, yeah? so uh, I don't earn uh, $10,000 more than my colleagues. I did my research. I stay in a reasonable range, but I wanted to be at the upper level of that range, of course. And then, so I proposed something a bit above that. And then they said, oh yeah, but our limit is this. But we want you and this and that. Of course, this happened in the last stage. So um, I said, oh, so, so they already said yes. So then you're kind of in power. So I said, oh, okay, very good. Well, I'm interested and I will move to Luxembourg and this and that. And now on the salary, of course, this is uh, a bit less than what I ex had expected. But I think it's a good starting point for starting the discussion. So I think I got a little bit of a weird reaction on the other side because they said, this is our limit. But still, I managed to get a little bit more. So, you know, sometimes people, they say it's our limit, but you can just gently push. And sometimes it's the way you formulate it. Absolutely. I think that that, you know, that gentle approach, I think it makes it a lot less intimidating for people who are nervous about doing it. And it's always difficult to ask for money. But I think, yeah, going about it in a non-aggressive way, doing your research so that you know what is actually reasonable for what you do. You know, of course, we all want to make six figures, but is it with a certain amount of experience and in a certain role? Is that realistic? What is realistic to the area that you live in? So really doing the research for where you're going to be. But giving that range and giving that upper level, I think, is so important. And I think, too, something that a lot of people don't think about is that sometimes there are some of those non-salary related things that you can negotiate. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe your benefits, maybe for some new hires, they may not kick in for six months. Maybe you can get those from the first day. And that actually adds up quite a bit when you think about some of those things. Um, will they help you maybe pay for school? Are there other things that they can do that maybe not might not be that salary, but would still benefit you financially or in other areas of your life? Yes. I mean, before it was, I mean, I didn't ask for it, but before COVID, there was some people that negotiated one or two days per week from home, this kind of stuff. In my case, I also had, because I was moving uh, in, within Europe, so I was living in Norway, and they gave me two weeks of uh, free housing to when I arrived here so that I could look for an apartment. So I didn't have to pay for housing for two weeks, which was great. 
That's awesome. And those are things I think, you know, we need to think creatively sometimes about what may benefit us that, you know, may just be a little bit outside of the box. So I think those are all really great things to ask for. And I'd love to know too, I think all of us have a different relationship with money and maybe some self-limiting beliefs. I'd love to know a little bit more about some of the myths we tell ourselves when it comes to our finances and what we need to stop telling ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, okay, I'm not a financial expert. I'm passionate about finance, but some of the things I've uh, seen in the space or I hear from uh, in my conversations with the listeners or with the people on Instagram or even my friends, you know, sometimes, you know, it's a lot of focus on frugality. And as I mentioned before, I will not expand too much, but it's that, uh, yeah, no, you need to be careful. You need to save money. Of course, it's great, but you need to spend. So, it's to find that balance. It, it's a bit hard. So, um, you, you know, you need to try to find a way to to spend guilt-free and that's the key because then you will enjoy your money more and that's uh, what we want. So try to find that balance. And, and then one thing, maybe a self-limiting belief is I can build wealth. And, you know, when you don't earn a lot or if you, you're at the start of your career or if you're in a difficult phase, okay, it can be, it can feel tough. But if you make money on the regular... I mean, you need to start small and, you know, even $20 a month on the side is already a big step huh? to, to start building wealth, to put money aside. I mean, you know, I started my career with zero. I didn't have student loans, luckily, because I live in Europe, but at least I started with zero on my bank account. So it's, it's, it's all coming slowly. Huh? It's just about starting to spend less than you earn and put a little bit. And it starts with 20 euro, $20. $50 a month, and it starts small. But the thing is, with time, this increases and your salary will increase, your lifestyle as well. But it's about making those moves and having building those habits. And I'm, I, I can guarantee you, you will build wealth over time. So that's, that's for sure. But you need to be consistent and you need to start the sooner you can, the sooner you listen to this episode. So you can make small moves. So what I want to say is to, to make small moves. It doesn't matter, but make a move and be consistent. So this is a limiting belief I see. It will take more time for some people than others. That's okay. The, the important is to start. And then maybe one other one is investing is too risky or it's complicated. Yes, it's, it's not easy. I mean, if you've never done it or if you don't know anybody in your entourage, your father, your, your, your parents, your friends that, that do invest in the stock markets, Yes, it is scary if you only hear what uh, you see at the news, in the press, or talking heads on the TV. Yes, it's scary. It's full of emotions. It's going up. It's going down. And recently, with the markets went crazy, and as well with cryptos. So it's hard to know where to start. But again, it's uh, it's all about starting very small. Start with the basics. What is investing? Read about it. Go to investopedia.com. You can listen to a few episodes of my podcast. Listen to others. But it's all about, you know, starting small, understanding what, what is investing, how you can make money, how you can put $100, $50 a month in a small index fund. That's usually one of the less uh, risky um, forms of investments. Every investment carries a risk. So do your research. But it's one of the less risky ones because you invest in a diverse portfolio. So you invest in the whole economy as in, in general. So that's one way to start slowly and small and if you're uncomfortable you 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 stop you you let you let that money grow 
and maybe you stop for a while and you re-educate yourself if it doesn't work. But it's all about starting small. I think that's such great advice. I think investing can feel really scary for a lot of us. I definitely started out with the investment fund through work and kind of took some of the advice that the that the company recommended for, you know, different age groups and I think that was really beneficial for me to just kind of start out small and do the amount that my company was going to match because, um, you know, with the 401k, mm-hmm. that can be a really great way to start if your company offers that. But, you know, f- following some of the advice that the they use Securian, that Securian provides, and then kind of growing that over time, having discussions with different people. I think being part of the FinCon community has been helpful for me as someone who works in the financial industry, but is not directly a finance person, being more on the public relations and community engagement side, starting to kind of understand that and having a wealth of resources out there. Now, I do think there are a lot of different philosophies out there. You have the FIRE movement, you have all different schools of thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, what advice do you have for kind of sorting through all of that and figuring out what works for you. Yes, uh, as you were talking, I was thinking, yeah, but uh, maybe I should advise a book or two. <laughs> because sure. usually, you know, when you read a good book, it has practical advice and everything, and it's, it gives you a roadmap. Of course, it's maybe one philosophy, but still, I, I think it's good to start with that. And I think one of the best I can recommend is really uh, going back to Ramit Sethi is I will teach you to be rich. So it's it's really practical. It has uh, some uh, quirky humor in there. That's the guy. But still, it, it's very practical and it, it it will guide you step by step. And so, uh, so I think that's a good one. Even uh, for me uh, in Europe, I think it's uh, it's good to share with people. The principles are the same. Huh? It's you start with... Uh, the, the credit card, the making a budget or the conscious spending plan. And then he goes into um, investing in the stock markets. He goes through the myth and uh, what is true, you know, what is true, what is false. And then you he breaks it down and, and then he makes it simple for everyone to understand. So that's one a really good recommendation. And another one, but that's more holistic, that I really read recently. It's um, The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. So it's maybe not as practical to the point as uh, I will teach you to be rich, but it's good to to get into the mindset uh, of um, of investing and making good choices for your career and your finances. So I would start with those two. Uh, I think these are good uh, practical guides to start with money. I think those are really great suggestions. I'll link both of them in the show notes. I haven't read The Psychology of Money, but I'm a big fan of Ramit, and I think his approach is so practical, but at the same time, friendly and not punishing, because I think you do sometimes see that, um, you know, like you said, with a lot of the myths that we focus so much on frugality. And I think it's good to be conscious of what we're spending, absolutely, and not overspending on things we don't need, we don't even really want. But at the same time, I think with Ramit, you know, that that focus on not just saving for a rainy day, but how to be rich, how to have that abundance. I think it's a great book to start with. And so I will definitely link both of those in the show notes. Thank you for those recommendations. (laughs) So we've talked a lot about how our finances shape our lives and using our money in a positive, abundance-focused way. Mm -hmm. How do our personal finances, I think, tie into our overall wellness? Yes. So the, um, the link with wellness, to me, it's, uh, you know, if you manage your money well, you will have less worries in your life. Because to me, personal finance is a piece, is, it's a pillar of your wellness. 
and your wellness. Okay, maybe I'm not saying the right definition here, but to me, it, it covers your relationships. I mean, it's, it's your overall well-being and uh, your relationship. I mean, if your relationship with your wife or with your husband is bad, okay, your wellness will not uh, be fantastic, even if uh, you make tons of money. And on the contrary, if uh, you have a good relation with your families, with your kids uh, and your friends, fantastic. But if your money uh, matters are not uh, in the good place and you maybe lost your job and uh, you don't make any money, okay, then your overall well-being will suffer as well. So yeah, to me, it's a pillar and it's a, maybe an easier one than the relationship. So I think if, if you can keep your money uh, automated, if you can make those moves, the small moves at first, and slowly working towards your plan, uh, you do what you want with your life, with your money, you arrange it how you want. But if you build that plan, I think this will help you to make better decisions. We talked about it with you, actually, Valerie. <laughs> you know, having your money in the right place, having this plan will contribute to a better wellness. It will have a solid, it will be a, one of those pillars in your, of your wellness, actually. I completely agree. I think, you know, as we talked about, I think finances can have so many emotions behind them. And I think when mm -hmm. we know where our money is going and we feel that it's going to the right places and that we have a little left over to enjoy our lives, it, it just takes some stress out. We live in a stressful world and might as well take the stress out of this area for sure. Without money, we can't survive. So I completely agree. And it's the same with your, with your health, huh? because uh, if you work well, if you have good relations with your friends, but you, you suffer from some disease, okay, your life is not good, huh? even though you have those two pillars uh, functioning. So, so yeah, it, it, it's, um, yeah it's a, you need to take a holistic view and uh, try to do it the best you can and you know, try to work on those, all those areas, your relationships, your money matters, and that, that's where I come in. <laughs> no, but yes. that's where I want to, to help people and uh, many others. And then... And then your health. I'm not a health specialist, but I know that I need to take care of my health. So it's it's all those things. All 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 is working together, actually. Absolutely. I find that if one of those areas is not in alignment, then the rest of them, you know, they they go off the tracks as well. And so I think really Indeed. finding that yeah. balance. Yes. Um, now, speaking of, you know, you host a podcast and you have some really interesting guests that come on from all these different walks of life. I've learned about a lot of different types of investing that I had never heard of before. <laughs> and I'd love to know just, you know, anecdotally, what are some of the most interesting areas of finance and investing you've learned about on the show and maybe a couple of episodes that you might recommend to our listeners? Yes. So I, um, there were a few really interesting uh, guests and some people, you know, sometimes they come with, yeah, I would like to come on your show, this and that. And we talk about this and sometimes it's me getting interested in a topic. And recently it's, it was a bit random. I met some, someone from FinCon, that's uh, Laura. And we talked about sustainable investing and sustainable choices in your purchasing. And I noticed what, what was interesting with, with this conversation is that you can make really more socially conscious choices in your, uh, in your uh, money habits. For example, you can change the bank to a more uh, sustainable bank. You can um, buy products, for example, coffee or chocolate or even beer from a B Corp. So that is a corporation that focuses on the, the triple bottom line, as they say it. It's people, profit and planet. So it contributes to, um, to, to giving a good profit, but it contributes to, um, to, to yeah, good, good working conditions, etc. It focuses on the human side. And as well, it focuses on the planet with sustainable practices. So, you know, it, and sometimes it's, it's just a small change in your habits 
and it doesn't cost you much and you can do so much better with the planet. And even, for example, Ben and Jerry's, the, the ice cream is, is a B Corp. <laughs> so, so, so it's all those small yeah. things that uh, can help you make a, a yeah, better living for everyone. So that was kind of interesting. And then linked to that, I talked to a company called Farm Together. And so they uh, help their uh, customers invest in farmland. So it's a way of investing I did not know of before. It's alternative. It's not for everyone, but still it was interesting to dig into it. I mean, I'm also a money nerd, so I like to dig into numbers. And yeah, it was quite interesting to learn about it because I really spent a couple of hours preparing that episode. I really wanted to understand how it worked. So it was really cool and uh, very interesting to, to talk with them. A very nice company. And then maybe a last one is um, a recent episode I had with a friend called Gail. Here we talked about money and women, about empowering women to um, to get better with their, fi their finances. And actually, the interesting thing is that I was shocked at her story when she told about salary inequality because she lives as well in Luxembourg. And she was telling the story that uh, yeah, 15 years ago when she started her career, there was a pay gap of about almost 20% with her colleague who was exactly the same profile, the same company. And then she managed to bridge that gap a little bit. But in the end, she had to go through a lot to push it, to uh, close that gap. And it was really, um, I mean, I, I was uh, surprised really that it also exists here at uh, so, so close to me. There was such a big gap uh, in salaries between the men and women. Those all sound like really great episodes. I'll have to link those in the show notes. I'm especially interested in that sustainable investing. I think this generation, I think more and more, we're really starting to focus on where we're putting our dollars and mm -hmm. who is running those companies and what they stand for. And I think that's something really important to be to be focusing on. And so I'll link all three of those in the show notes. But I absolutely love the corporate responsibility. Ben and Jerry's, they're a really great <laughs> example of you know, a company doing great things and to really be thinking about our money is power. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think all of that is incredible. Now, before I dive into the rapid fire questions, you're from Luxembourg and, or you're living there currently. And I'd love to know a little bit about this country. I've never been there. And for listeners, you know, especially as we're really craving the travel, <laughs> starting to open up again, yeah. um, would love to know a little bit more. Yes. So uh, Luxembourg, so as I said, it's a tiny country next to, actually it's in between France, Belgium, and Germany. So it's, uh, yeah, it's about 600,000 inhabitants, I think. Yeah, it's kind of a blending. It's, it's a bit hard to explain. It's kind of a blending between France, Germany, Belgium. I feel more, it's, it has more Germanic feeling to it, in my, uh, in my opinion. But it's, uh, yeah, it's great living here. It's kind of a financial center for uh, Europe. So many companies are here, even uh, US companies like Amazon has their uh, headquarters here. And it's really a blending of cultures and there's many foreigners living here because it attracts many people from abroad. So it's, it's not uncommon that people speak uh, several languages and many workers here speak English. I mean, maybe not in the restaurants if you come and visit, but usually in the corporate world, you need to speak English because most businesses are run in English. Uh, besides that, no, it's very, it's, it's very small. So if you come and visit Belgium or France and you happen to cross Luxembourg, I think with two or three days, you're done with the most fun and uh, beautiful sightseeing. It's beautiful. Huh? So it's uh, totally worth it. It's just small. So you don't need to spend uh, two weeks here. Otherwise, you'll get bored. But it's beautiful. There's a few castles. The nature is amazing. 
There's a few hikes you can do. And the city, the capital city, Luxembourg City, it's uh, as well on the UNESCO. And there's uh, tons of uh, very good restaurants. It sounds absolutely beautiful. And so I definitely needed to know a little bit more just because I haven't been out there yet. And I know it is very tiny, but I've been to France. I've, I've passed through Germany. I really do need to get back to Europe, but I will definitely have to make a stop there next time I'm traveling. It just anything with, you know, anytime I can see a castle, I, you know, I am hooked. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> then you will be, you will love Luxembourg. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I would love to dive into a few of our rapid fire questions so the listeners can get to know you a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So first, what would be your top wellness tip? So uh, it's one, it's a uh, basic, but it's sleep. <laughs> yes. So um, no, it's really to get good sleep. It's not always easy. Huh? Sometimes I'm stressed as well and it's hard to, to sleep well, or sometimes I wake up in the night, but you know, when you have a good sleep, it's so lovely. The next day you feel you can uh, take on the world. So yeah, if you can do whatever you can in your power to organize um, a good night of sleep, go to bed early, have uh, all um, your windows closed, silent as much as you can, no phone in the bedroom. You know, you know I used to have the, um, the, the phone as an alarm and I ditched that for a physical alarm clock. It cost less than $10. And I use that. I try to not go on uh, social media too early in the morning, even though sometimes I do. But, you know, I try to get at least the phone out of the room. So to really maximize the best of sleep I can have, to make better decisions and to really feel energetic. It doesn't always succeed, but at least I try my best to do that. So sleeping, sleeping well is one of my focus areas. Sleep plays into so many areas of our lives too. And that's something that's something I am slowly working on. I am not the best example when it comes to sleep, but definitely getting that alarm clock is one of those things that's top of the list because especially keeping the phone, you know, not being on it first thing in the morning sometimes that can really set your day in kind of a not so great way if you're immediately checking email and, you know, not even out of bed. And I must confess, uh, Valerie, I mean, I think it was last week and then I started immediately with my phone and in the morning and then I was like, oh, now I get the reactive stuff. So mm -hmm. I got caught up in, uh, you know, whatever it was. And then, then my brain started to think in all directions and know it's bad, but I still do it, but I try to avoid it as much as I can. Yes. I mean, that's a really great tip. And it's something that I think so many of us are so tied to our phones. I think it's something really great for all the listeners to be considering. Now, where would be your favorite travel destination? Yes, this is a tricky one because uh, I've had the chance to travel uh, all over the world, I think. So I went to Japan, I went to US. Uh, very nice. Uh, I went to Ecuador. I mean, I, I went everywhere. If I have to pick a favorite one, it, it's very difficult. But what I've said one day to my dad is... He asked me the same question. I said, Dad, I have no idea. I went to great countries. But when it comes to food, one of the best trips we've done is actually with my parents. It's, it was in Italy in the Cinque Terre. So the, the village was called Rapallo. That's where we were um, at the hotel with the parents. It, it was fantastic. The food was amazing. So for food, it was Italy. That's amazing. I, I completely agree with that too. And I've traveled. That has been by far the best food that I've had. I haven't been to Cinque Terre, but, um, but Italy as a whole has just been just absolutely 
amazing. And now if you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? Yes, that, that was a tricky one, but I chose bear. Okay. Why? <laughs> why? <laughs> because then you can sleep through winter. You wake up when it's sunny. You you scare people off. So if somebody annoys you, you, you just scare them away. You... Uh, you know, you eat salmon, uh, you know, right at the source. I mean, you, you don't know, it's, it's like a, you do what, a bit what you want. Uh, people find you cute in the, in the toy store, but still when they come to you, they're kind of keeping their distance. I mean, I'm not an uh, introvert or whatever, but I like this kind of freedom. Leave me alone. Let me do my thing sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. I found Bear uh, quite, uh, quite cool, actually. <laughs> That's a great answer. <laughs> I, I really like that answer. And, um, you know, you definitely really thought that out too. But I, I think that's so good. And I, I completely agree with that. I, I want people to occasionally approach me, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, leave me alone. I'm getting my stuff done. I'm, you know, <laughs> exactly. I, yeah, no, that's, that's a great answer. Now, if you could master a completely new skill, what would that be? Yes, that's uh, as well um, something uh, tricky. So actually, I would not say it's a skill. It's more like something I would like to continue building. For example, I cook regularly, but I would like to deepen my skills or be better at it. For example, I would like to be able to make a risotto, for example. I never tried it. Maybe it's not that hard, but you know, I would like to make a bit more of those dishes that are uh, not so hard, but at least know them by heart. So it's more like deepening a skill and then I play music. So there's still some pieces that I would like to, 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 to have under my control. For example, I play the guitar. So I would like to have a, that fantastic solo of Slash at the end of November Rain. Yeah. It's something that I would like to be able to, to play, you know, without maybe flawlessly, but at least very well. It's something on my list. So yeah, this, this kind of stuff. So not entirely new skills, but just furthering, I mean, uh, yeah, deepening on my uh, existing skills. That's awesome, especially the slash solo as well. <laughs> <laughs> and what's next for you on your bucket list? Yes, so um, so I have a few of those uh, solos of, of a guitar, uh, not only November Rain, and then one that I have, it's um, going a little bit back to traveling. It's uh, I went as well to Ecuador in uh, 2014, and I did my first dive there. It was great. But I didn't have not uh, I didn't have a license. I did it in the meantime, so I would like to go back, but then really dive and dive with hammerhead sharks. I think that's uh, something wow. I would like to do. That's amazing. It's a little scary, but that sounds like a, an incredible trip. Yes, I mean the trip itself. I went there. It's it's amazing. It's also one of my best trips, and the, the yeah the hammerhead sharks. I wanted to do it then. But okay, I didn't have a license, so I just did a discovery dive. But now I have my license. I want to go back and uh, be there among those uh, weird guys. And <laughs> and they're not dangerous. I mean, as long as you keep your distance, you normally there shouldn't be any problems. I mean, it's normally perfectly safe. That is so cool. I'll definitely have to follow your adventures when you do that. That <laughs> um, I'm not sure I'm brave enough, but I think that is so cool. And I wish you the best on that trip. I think that's going to be absolutely incredible. Now, where can our listeners find you and connect and find out more of your work? Yes. So they can, I mean, the central place is the website. So that's uh, johnnytalks.com. So it's like the expression uh, money talks, but it's a pun with my... Uh, first name. So it's J instead of the M. So J-O-N-E-Y-T-A-L-K-S.com. So everything is there. 
But of course, I'm on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Johnny Talks. So you can find me there. And of course, uh, on um, on my podcast uh, in the Apple podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. So type the Johnny Talks podcast and you can find me there too. Wonderful. I will link all of those in the show notes. Everyone should check out the podcast and all of your platforms. It really has opened my eyes to so many different areas of personal finance that I had never heard of and deepened my knowledge in other areas as well. So I highly encourage everyone to check it all out. And Jonathan, thank you again so much for joining us at Wellness and Wanderlust today. Yeah, thank you for your kind words, uh, Valerie. And I hope the listeners enjoyed uh, this episode. And uh, yeah, if you want to know more, you know where to find me. And uh, Valerie, thank you again. It was a pleasure. I love Jonathan's practical tips when it comes to money management. Now, negotiation is one of those skills that can seem a little intimidating at first, maybe a lot intimidating for many of us, myself included, but it does get easier the more that you do it. And believe it or not, it really can work. You know, I shared in our conversation that I was able to negotiate a lower cable and internet bill, but there are other things that you can negotiate as well. And the more that you do it, the easier it gets and the less intimidating it gets. I also think that learning to separate that guilt from your relationship with money is such a powerful thing. We all have different stories we tell ourselves when it comes to money. We all have different relationships with money, but it's so important to find responsible ways to enjoy our hard-earned cash. As we discussed in our conversation, Jonathan covers a wide variety of personal finance topics on the Johnny Talks podcast, and it is well worth a listen. One of my favorite episodes was all about investing in wine, which was something I had never heard of before then, and I found it to be so interesting. So be sure to tune in. He will open your eyes to a lot of areas of personal finance outside of just the traditional, and Jonathan is truly a fantastic interviewer. I have linked all of his information in the show notes, along with the resources and books that he recommended in our conversation. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're tuning in from. It really means the world to me, and it helps other people like you to find the show. I would like to thank each and every one of you for being a part of this journey with us. And as always, if you have a topic you would like us to explore on the podcast, feel free to email me at Valerie at wellnessandwanderlust.net or DM me on Instagram at wellnessandwanderlustblog. Hit that subscribe button to keep up with new episodes and share this episode with a friend. Have a wonderful day and I can't wait to see you next week.